24 hours a day. Radio Contact. From the Detail Podcast, I'm Rob Parks, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You all right, mate? How's your week been? Been a been a bit of a podcast uh, desert this week, not none one. No, no, we're just about catching up now. We've had a busy week, haven't we, with uh, one thing and another. So, yeah, it's a bit later than, than, than normal. I've had uh, Dave Campbell actually ask me in the week, said, where's the podcast? I'm, I've been waiting for it to come out, because I know he listens when he's... Uh, cleaning his house so I think he's been waiting for, uh, for it to come out so we'll have to make it good now won't we yeah it's a pop up podcast just for Dave toddling around his living room tidying up well pretending anyway um, what have we got on the show this week we've got lots on we're going to talk about the, the Wakefield game uh, the defeat there uh, Ben Neckenberg and Wellaraki gave us their reaction to the game we also spoke to Watson Ian Watson after the game uh, and also Paul we've got your amateur report yeah, we've got the amateur report, haven't we, Rob? As usual, we've got the news that's coming out of the club as well, haven't we? So uh, it's plenty to get through. Yeah, so what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll start with the news. So this is all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils uh, this week. The club have decided to put the kick-off, by, kick-off time here back to 8 o'clock, Paul. Um, a lot of people sort of moaning about the R7 kick-off, so you know, it's a good move for that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you've just got to go with the, the majority, haven't you, sometimes? And if the majority of people find it easier to get there at 8 o'clock, I mean, half an hour doesn't make a, I don't think it makes that much difference, really, in the grand scheme of things, does it? So if that makes the, that traffic just a bit lighter, because we've said it before, haven't we, with where the ground's situated. And I don't think it's so much where the ground's situated, but that, you know, that, that sort of time on a Friday night is busy anywhere, isn't it? Anywhere in the, the northwest is busy around that time, or people going home from work and things like that. So, if another half an hour is just going to give it that little bit extra and it makes people's lives easier, I think uh, that'll do everybody. Yeah, I think it's, like you say, making everyone's lives a little bit easier. Like you said, it's obviously when he kicked off at half seven, you were kind of like. You know, rushing there a little bit because you're missing that. Yeah, you're you're still in that tail end of the rush hour, really, aren't you? Mm. I've noticed that on motorways at like seven o'clock. The rush hour seems to go on a few hours these days because you know that many cars on the road, isn't there? In this year of 2018, now everywhere seems mega busy all the time. So I think at eight o'clock you've just got that bit more of a chance. It'll still be busy then, though, won't it? Because if you look at that M60, and I'm not like a traffic sort of person, but that M60 seems to be just busy all the time, doesn't it? especially near the Trafford Centre. There never seems to be a dull moment. There's always people going and out of there. So, uh, but just thinking eight o'clock, it might just be be a bit easier. I'm sure the clubs did a bit of studying into that and, uh, and made the right decision. Let's hope. Yeah, that was a uh, Paul on with traffic and travel on radio contact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the eye in the sky. <laughs> but you know, I say it gives everyone that half an hour extra in the pub or you know getting to the game. And I suppose on the flip side of that, obviously families not be able to. Might not be able to take young kids to the game because they'll have to go to bed sort of later, yeah. sort of earlier. That, that's the kind of, you know, the balance that the club has to kind of do it, do really. 
Yeah, it's, it's funny that, Robert. I was, I, was, I was doing a bit of reading, man. I was reading um, some stories in the League Express last week. I always like following interest in what other clubs are up to and things like that. And there was a, there was an interesting letter in there from um, a guy from St. Helens. I was taking it this guy was perhaps about 60 or something and he had a son and a grandson. And he said that um, him and his son had been going watching him for 20 years or so and, and they were they'd sort of bonded over it. And now this his son was taking his grandson, but... We've decided not to renew the season tickets now and take his grandson because of the, the all the games seem to be Thursday night and Friday nights and um, you know and, and, and little ones you know four or five year olds you know starting out can't really really stay up that late and I thought it was a shame that really because I bet they sort of grew up on it um, you know with three o'clock Sunday games and things like that so I know it's yeah, that's a shame if you, if you lose you know young young supporters to to it like that because a lot of the games these days do tend to be Thursday nights Friday nights don't they and you look at Super League now. Some weeks there'll be five out of the six games. Five of them are on the Friday night, aren't they? And then sometimes Catalan on Saturday night when they're, when they're away in France. So I'm a big lover of, of Sunday afternoon games. Really, I think Sunday's the, the game. It's the game the day that I got brought up on. But uh, but I understand sometimes it, Friday nights a lot of people enjoy it. They like going to the pub, the corporate side of it, and, and things like that. Friday nights become quite a traditional life or so. But if you think back now, we've not really played Sunday games. Regularly for for quite a long time, have we? So um, I don't know. What do you prefer, Rob? Well, for me, well, for me, I'm thinking as as me sort of a lad about town guy. Friday is probably the best for me because obviously I go straight from work, you know, and, and then obviously every, you know a few days in the night. So it's kind of like a, a social event. But me, sort of family man, then you're thinking if I want my son to follow in my footsteps and watch over the devils. We're going to have to be going on a, on a weekend, really, on a, on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's where I was getting at with that story. It seems a shame because at the, the end of that story, the guy said that his, his son and grandson have now got tickets for, uh, for Burnley. They must have lived up that way, so they've got season tickets for there because they play, obviously, on Saturday. So, yeah, it's, it, it's something, I suppose, a social thing, really. We don't want to lose young supporters, do we, because of that, that sort of... Um, in that sort of manner, really. I mean, I don't know how many you lose and things like that, but it just seems... I just read it and I thought, God, that's a bit of a... Sad story that, but never mind, never mind. Bob oh, Parkinson, man about town. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> that made me giggle when he said that. <laughs> right, just in a sweat yeah, and a hat. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, yeah. It's, it's I suppose the balancing out the club need the extra fund, yeah. don't they? You know, with like you said, the yeah. sponsors and that. Uh, this is what I like to take, you know, potential clients out, don't they? And, and woo them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, on a Friday, you know, it might, it might be something for them, but I don't know, really. Both have their advantages. I suppose go and do it on a Friday, then I have the rest of the weekend to do what I want with family. Uh, that's a, yeah. that's an advantage when if you're on a Sunday. I think um, I think with um, as the season goes on, I know Saturdays are a bit of a no-no because people say it clashes with football and it didn't wouldn't bother me one hour or if we play Saturday at three o'clock. But I know a lot of people in the area watch City and United. But as the season goes on and you get into sort of June, July, well June, July because football starts in August. Well, June, July could be. Could be a day, Saturday, perhaps maybe six o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. You've got the traffic centre there, people go and have a bit of tea, go and watch the game. The game will be done for like eight o'clock, then you've got, you know, you can go somewhere for a few beers afterwards. Yeah, that could be a good, that could, work, that could work, or even five o'clock on a Saturday. Saturday sort of tea time kickoff, I mean, glorious summer summer evenings there. You've got the, the, the nice pub where you can go for a drink after the game. You're not that far from, from town either, are you? So, it, that would make sense to me in the, in, the, in the height of summer in June and July definitely mm. I think obviously what I think we get hung up on the kick-off time don't we like if it is summer yeah. it's got to be 3 o'clock and if it's, if it's like Friday it's got to be 8 o'clock sales playing the same stadium as we do 
play kick off all kinds of times and all kinds yeah of yeah I think you've just got to cater for every 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 match haven't you mm. um, and, and what's going on in the area just just move things I, I know what you mean though people like to know whether they're coming or going don't they and like to people like routine don't they especially sports supporters that's something I've learned over the years you watch a team and you like the routine don't you of knowing it's, it's 3 o'clock this week 8 o'clock that week so there's arguments for it isn't there I mean I'm surprised the club have never actually come out and consulted the fans really especially now we've got a supporters trust there's people in that perhaps it's about time that they, they consulted the people that, that watch the club and, and asked them when they wanted to kick off because you know they're the people you're catering for really. yeah, I suppose it's something they'll, they'll sort of build on obviously with the supporters trust kind of finding yeah. you know, big numbers now they want to interact with them as much as possible to get all kinds of different of things, you know what I mean so something to, to look forward to uh, next bit of news shuttle bus possible shuttle bus to the uh, the craft centre I know the uh, the club has put out like um, you know a questionnaire for people to, to answer would you use a shuttle bus going from the craft centre for? Um, yeah I'd do anything me Rob to be honest I'd give anything a go and I think there's a bigger issue with that. I think perhaps shuttle buses from the traditional areas of Salford as well, uh, you know, Swinton, uh, the Height, Pendlebury, all them sorts of places, Eccles, you name it, there's plenty of areas in Salford, you know, near the old ground where perhaps we could put buses on. I think that would be a big step as well. The Trafford Centre, yeah, as I said before, going back to the other point about games in the summer, you know, the Trafford Centre, it's a good place, isn't it, to go, you know, have a bit of bike to eat and that, and you could leave your car, you can leave your car there all day, can't you? There's no like parking restrictions so you could go there leave your motor there get in the shuttle bus you don't have to worry about parking at the stadium it drops you off at the door and afterwards you, you're straight back to there go and have a coffee or something have a pint and then and then go home so I think any, anything like that anything that makes the supporters um, have a better match day experience and enjoy themselves is a plus and supporters want to get to the game they don't want to be sat in traffic sat in car parks and things like that so anything that, that helps them out I think it's a positive move but regarding the traffic centre I've said it I bang about it all the time you, you think I work for the traffic centre the way I go about it sometimes but I think it's a massive massive tool that we should use to our advantage because not everybody has that on the doorstep Wakefield don't have that Casper don't have that all those other sides don't have that on their doorstep and we should be using that as a marketing man's dream that place and you think about I wouldn't like to know how many people go there every week or every month or whatever I bet it's bet you're talking I don't know telephone numbers aren't you regarding that so um, so yeah let's let's use that to our advantage anything like that I think is a positive yeah see I tell you, we do have an influence in the subcent you know there is a there's a picture of a a Salford team uh, in the far side of the of the press centre opposite I think it's Martin Spencer's the other side you know I've got um is it John Lewis maybe you know, oh like, the far end maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's like you know the entrance near near, yeah. near there there's a picture of Tara Carl Harrison's team there all signed oh it's rushing yeah, so yeah. it might be worth yeah. if someone's listening to this who can see it from the club maybe worth updating that picture People, yeah, that's when the traffic centre sponsored us, I think, wasn't it? You know, because people use that interest to, end, to you know to walk in the traffic centre. Yeah, we had a team photograph taken in there. You know, if you come in through the back way, yeah. there's a place called Five Guys, and it's like a burger joint, and there's some steps there. Yeah. and I think that's where the team picture was taken on it in that that Carl Harrison season. I think it was all six, I think. I had a good team. Um, that, that, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think it's right. I think it's I think it's a good idea. Um, but if I was given the choice, I'd probably go shuttle bus into sort of maybe sort of hubs in the city. But it's, yeah. where, it's where you find where you kind of like place them hubs. That's right. And that's, that's, that's right. where the old fans have to kind of 
if you want a, a bus to come into your area, like Walkden, or uh, you know, Worsley, or Earlham, or wherever, uh, or work the Willows, or Swinton, you need to kind of get together in the, with, a, with your local club or whatever, and say, right, any chance we can have, like, you know, he will come in on a few days, and then we'll jump on the bus and go to the game. And then contact yeah, the club and yeah. organise that sort of between you all. That's what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. Of, you know, getting the wheels kind of turning on stuff like that, really. And people getting used to going to get the bus from a certain point. That's another thing you kind of worry about, but it happens once or twice, and it doesn't really catch fire, and then we get thinned. That's, yeah. uh, that's my other concern, but we'd have to see. We'd have to wait and see, won't we? But at least, at least the, the, you know, the club are out there, and the, you know, the racking people would they do it? Which is good, I think, Pop. Yeah, certainly there's irons in the fire, and there's ideas and positive ideas, aren't they, Robin? Everything that can help us grow, grow as a club and as a community, I think, is a, a positive step, aren't they? So, so yeah, although the Trafford Centre, some people say, oh, it's no good for us, we live such a place. I'm sure it'll benefit some people and um, hopefully it'll add to our gates. Yeah, uh, next bit of news. Uh, community volunteer event on Monday at the Trafford Centre Park. Um, you know, very exciting. Obviously, the club are trying to get volunteers to come and help them on a match day. Is it the traffic centre that or the, at the stadium? At the stadium, it is. First day, you said the traffic centre. Not traffic on the mind. It is. Don't be turned up at the traffic centre. It's at the stadium. Yeah, that's um, that's for all sorts of things. That isn't it to do with volunteering. I've seen it posted on Facebook today. I know it's been been shared. I think Carol Carol Walworth who's on the on the fans um, supporters trust uh, board. She's uh, been sharing that all over on the Facebook pages. So yeah, if anybody's interested, get down to that and uh, just see how you can uh, how you can do some volunteering. Yeah, I think mean, it's great. Obviously, you know, if we want this club to grow, you've got to kind of invest in it, really. Um, and then, you know, it's a good idea. You know, getting people, you know, to try and help the club and gain experience and gain skills as obviously because, like you say, you know that you know I've been commentating the club for sort of nearly fifteen years now, and you know, I, and it's kind of a you know I've gained experience and skills doing that and I don't think I would have done it I wouldn't be here now if I hadn't done that if that makes sense so it's kind of a, an advantage you know if, if you are looking to kind of you know gain skills and gain, gain experience in certain sort of aspects of you know your life it might be worth you know getting involved in that yeah definitely I'm pretty sure there'll be all sorts of opportunities there to, to help out and do things and it's stuff that you're going to enjoy doing and it's for a lot of people it's a big hobby in there so, uh, so yeah I'd get down to that if you can on Monday yeah it's half seven uh, at the stadium, uh, so yes, get yourselves down there and, and see what uh, see what you can offer. Uh, so that's all the news uh, this week, and what we'll do now, we'll talk about the defeat against Wakefield last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. Oh, and welcome to the Mobile Rocket Stadium here in Wakefield. So for a Devils take on Wakefield Trinity Wildcats, it's going to be a cracking game of rugby league to look forward to. Copjack again gives it to Rob Lou. He's got runners on the outside. He's giving it to uh, Bibby, and look, Bibby's looking for space on the outside. And Wakefield slide across Salford fifth tackle plate. Rob Lou, has gone blindside, and Rob Lou finds the gap in the Wakefield defence and scores. Great try for Salford Red Devils there, Paul. Yeah, he fooled everybody there, Rob Lou. It was good play from Craig Copjack though on the burst there, and, and Jake Bibby got the breakout wide. Excellent play from Robert Lewis though, surprising us all. Tompkins. Gives it to O'Brien, to Wellerak, who steps off his right foot and he's tackled five metres out and Salford knocking on that Wakefield door. It's Tompkins again, it's Rob Lewitt, 
Gives it to Old Brown. He's got runs on the outside here. Junior Sal gives it to Nile Levels. And he finds the corner for Salford Red Devils. Great work for Salford for the score. Yeah, it certainly was. Got a nice pass there and a great try from Nile Levels. Johnny on the spot, Evels. Good finish from him again. But uh, yeah, they made it look easy there. Wood at the play of the ball to Rob Lewis. Looking for runners. Gives it to O'Brien. Gives it to Wellham. He's got space. Finds three Wakefield defenders in his way. But Salford are still 10 metres out. It's Wellaraki. Drop up ball to Rob Lewis. Come back in to the field. Five metres out. Couple of tackles in the bank for Salford. They've gone blindside. Ball goes wide. Try for Salford. Great score. It's Wellham in the corner. Great try for him. And Salford Red Devils have an opportunity now to tie the scores. O'Brien from the touchline. Can he kick the goal? Steadies himself. The ball is in the air. Oh, he's pulled it. And Wakefield are victorious here at Mobile Rocket Stadium. 14 points to 12. So, Sulphur Devils went down to defeat away to Wakefield. 14 points to 12, Paul. It was a tough game. It was a tough game, Rob. Yeah, it was an old-fashioned sort of game, really. A game I thought that we... we we sort of came into, as the game wore on, it wasn't the best of starts for us. The Wakefield got on top of us, I thought, in the early stages. But we grew in confidence as the game went on. And uh, for the second half, I thought we were the better side in the second half. But at the end of the day, I think we paid the price for the for the slow start in the first half, really. Yeah, obviously, very slow. wonder why we couldn't get going in the first half. Obviously, Wakefield, tough place to go. Uh, but we just weren't at the races, I don't think. No, Wakefield had a lot of ball in that first half. We, credit credit was that uh, we had to do a lot of tackling. I thought our pack really stood up well on, on Friday night and matched match Wakefield in, in both halves. Really. I thought the middles were, were superb. Um, we lacked a bit going forward in that first half, a bit of creativity. We didn't really create much at all, really. Um, Wakefield, good side. I, I thought they, they, they pushed us around, really. Liam Finn and Miller at the half actually were really good. They, they kicked us, they penned us down made us do the hard yards. We had a couple of snap chances, really. I think there was one where Junior Sal got caught into touch. I thought Wakefield were quite fortunate, though, with a couple of decisions. There was one where their, their guy looked like he put his foot into touch, and I think they scored not long after that. So a couple of decisions didn't go our way. But you expect that when you go away from home to these sort of grounds. That's a tough place to go. And, you know, they've been talked up this season. They finished fifth last season. They had a good season. And they're looking like they're going to be pretty decent again. So there won't be many teams that go up there and, and top a Wakefield. So I thought we pushed them really close and and we just we outscored him it was three tries to two so I, th I think we was very unlucky not to get at least a point out of that game yeah I thought defensively though Paul we were sound um, you know obviously like you said Wakefield a lot of ball didn't they and they, you know we absorbed a lot of that you know attacking prowess for them and you know fair enough they stood up to it and you know it signs, signs like that you think you know it could be a good season if we're able to defend like that throughout yeah certainly I thought the scrambling defence of Salford's and the goal line defence was superb they had, uh, had an awful lot of sets of six on our line, didn't they? In, in, in that, especially in that first half, there was, it was, it, I said to you in the comments, it's like the, like the Alamo, they just uh, kept coming and coming. But yeah, the credit our defence, I thought we really stood up and, you know, speaking to Ian, what's on after the game, we were saying like, um, afterwards, after the interview, like off, off mic, if you like, and we were saying, how did you tighten that defence up? And he, he sort of talked us through it, Rob, didn't he? In that corner, he was telling us this and showing us, 
showing us a few moves and that with his, uh, his footwork, wasn't he? And sort of saying how, how he tightened. He was running, moving about. He was running along politely. Yeah, 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 like we knew what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we was, weren't we? Yeah. But yeah, I think they worked on that all week in, in the train, hadn't they? On the defensive edge and that, that edge of Chris Wellens there. Obviously, Greg Johnson was left out of the side and they shuffled things round a bit. And, and the defence was, was a big improvement on that Wigan game. Obviously, people might say Wigan are a better side than Wakefield, but like I said before, Wakefield are no mugs, are they? they're, they're a tough side to beat. And uh, there were signs in that second half. I, like I said before, I thought we were the better side in that second half. We really did shake them in that second half. Their supporters were panicking. They were nervous. They they knew we were coming back. back. And it was just a shame when we got the score back to 8-all. They scored that, that try straight after that from that, that kick through. Another fortunate score, I thought, really. And, and yeah, I, I came away from the game... Not sort of down out, and I thought we'd done really well and worked hard, and I, I just felt we were unlucky, really. Yeah, and all three of our tries, Paul, I thought, uh, you know, were good tries. We moved the ball around, didn't we, and, you know, opened Wakefield up. Yeah. Um, and we were all three, and, and, you know, that's another thing that, that as a positive, I think, when, you know, given good possession and, and in good territory, you know, we, we opened Wakefield up. So, to me, you know, I was second half, I thought it was very good. I think you take a lot of positives out of the game. If I was a Wakefield supporter, I'd be very, very disappointed in how Robert Lewis scored. I think that's one of the softest tries I've seen for years. It was terrible defence there. But Louis was obviously alert and, and scored the try. Um, but yeah, like we said before, we, we created quite a bit in that second half and we looked, we looked dangerous. I thought um, Jack Littlejohn uh, looked solid in that second half. Tyrell McCarthy, I thought he worked overtime. He, uh, he really put himself about. And um, I think with, with a Chris Brandon in that side and Mark Flanagan, you know, we're missing them. We're missing Mark Flanagan at the moment. I'll be looking forward to seeing him back in the team, hopefully against Oakley and Rovers. But yeah, I wasn't too downhearted. We came really close in that game. It was disappointing at the end where Gareth O'Brien, it was a tough kick off the touchline. Sometimes they go over, sometimes they don't. There's no way you can blame Gareth O'Brien for that for that game. You know, some supporters might say, well, yeah, you missed you missed, missed kicks and it's you missed kicks that cost you. But, uh, but no, I think um, on the grand scheme of things, that didn't lose us the game. Does, uh, well, does Ian Watson think about finding another goal kicker? Obviously, missing three goals, which were the difference. Does he kind of sh- sort of shelter O'Brien for a few weeks and bring someone else to kick, kick the goals in, or does he leave his faith in O'Brien? Um, Gareth O'Brien's, for me, he's, he's a good kicker, really. He's, he's, his record's pretty good. People might say he's, he's missed a few, and, and yeah, he has. And who else do you, do you bring in to kick him? I'm sure Jack Littlejohn can kick goals, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think there's anybody else in the side who's been a regular goal kicker for really. So, uh, so y- your options are a bit limited, really, aren't they, Rob? So, I don't know. I don't think Robert Louis can kick goals. Uh, I think it'd just be Jack Littlejohn. I'm sure Jack Littlejohn's kicked in Australia. So, do you give him a chance? Perhaps, per- perhaps, yeah, or perhaps um, you know, get, give Gareth O'Brien another chance. Get get some coaching. You know, is it worthwhile bringing somebody in who can coach goal kicking? I know, uh, is it Charlie Hodgson has been working with Sam Tompkins, hasn't he? You know, the, uh, the lad who used to play for Sale, the rugby union guy. And since he's been working with him, I don't think Sam Tompkins has missed a kick. His goal kicking's really, really improved. So is it worthwhile doing something like that? I'm not too sure. But, uh, well, no, I wouldn't blame Gareth O'Brien for that. You've got to live and learn from that and, uh, and keep working. I know Gareth O'Brien, he, looked, he was very disappointed after the game, wasn't he? And um, I'm sure he'll, he'll come back stronger for that. Yeah, we, uh, we spoke to Ben Neckenbawai and Wellaraki after the game. So I'm joined by Captain Wellaraki. Tough defeat, that. Uh, yeah, mate, it was. Um, 
but um, the good thing about it was we're ten times better than what we were last week, and, and that's the that's the good thing about it, um, uh, how we how we performed today. And um, like we we are disappointed with the result, but um, again we're we're we're, um, we're really happy with our attitude that that we turned up today. Yeah, second half, plenty of goal forwards from the forward pack. Yeah. Got to be proud of that. Yeah, we we we. we um, we didn't start the way we wanted to last last week in the second half, so we made sure we needed to back it up again in the second half this, um, tonight, and which we which we did, and and, and that's what got, got us on the go forward and got us a couple of tries in the end. Yeah, three tries to, to two as well. Shows we've got good attacking potential. Yeah, we've, we've, we always know we're we're a good attacking team, but like every team, they always uh, they always worry about their their defence and defence wins games, and and that's what we got to sort out. Yeah, week off uh, next week is it? Recharge the batteries or go train hard? Ah uh, no, you will probably just go away and train hard again and and keep keep the pressure on everyone. We've we've got a big squad, so everyone's um, everyone's biting at the bit to to get out there on the field um, yeah. for the following week, and um, yeah, it should be good. Yeah, and then all Kingston Rovers are on big game. Yeah, it's going to be a big game, Sheenzy and and Wade. And but it's um, yeah, we're really looking forward to. It. We, we we need a, a, a two points, and um, yeah, we're going to work hard this week and um, and hopefully get the two points next week after after week off. Cheers, big thanks, Fox and Dan Vita. I've just been joined by Ben Naka Nakabuai. Have I said that right, Ben? Uh, Nakumbuai. Nakumbuai. Yeah. Yep. You did well tonight, mate. Did you enjoy your hit out? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I was a bit nervous, but once I got into it, I felt more comfortable and uh, ready to go. Yeah. How are you finding the temperatures here tonight at Wakefield? It's it's pretty cold here, isn't it? Yeah, I think I know. I found England in general a bit a bit of a culture shock with the weather. I'm more used to warmer weather than cold weather, so... Um, Every game you've played in, it's been the Swinton game, the Warrington game, they've all been like freezing conditions. Yeah, like I, I struggled a bit my first in the, the first two trial games because I'm just not used to this weather, but I think now I'm starting to settle in and um, get used to the, just the cold, really, and playing in these conditions. Um, I think once I, I, I'm used to that, then I'm totally up from here, really. You made some big metres in that, in that second half. Good goal forward. Yeah, but like... Um, and I just felt like uh, it started to click for me and um, settled in the second half and then once I felt most focused on my job and just getting, to, um, just getting um, doing my job and getting forward for the team. Obviously a week off next week, is it a week of training hard or a week of rest? Well, for me, um, obviously train hard during the week but then time off, I'm really going to make the most of it because I know it's a long season so make the most of it, refresh and um, yeah, get ready for whole the following week. How are you settling into life off the field? You know, it's a big culture shock, isn't it, coming to a different country? Have you settled into the northwest of England okay? Um, at first, it was a bit different, but, like, um, after the first month, my, my partner came over, so now when I go home, it feels more like a, more like a home, and, um, yeah, I'm settling well off the field. I couldn't be more happier. Yeah, big thanks to Oxford and Dan Vito. So, that was Ben Neckenberg-Wise and Wellarak here talking after the game you know we're upbeat and I'm sure they'll learn from that from that game and produce the goods you know in weeks to come yeah I thought Ben had an excellent game against Wakefield he really did improve um, it took him a while I think to, to adapt to, to life in England but um, I thought he, uh, he was really solid in that game he took a bit of stopping he's got neat footwork as well for such a tall guy he's a big lad but I think he's a guy who's going to fill out as well because when you, when you stand next to him he's not like the the sort of biggest bloke in the world. He's, he's sort of quite slim, really. Uh, I'm not saying he's small, but I think he's a guy with huge potential who can really fill out. He, he looks like, like I said, great footwork. He's got a bit of speed as well. Powerful guy. 
good tackler as well. He really puts himself about in the tackles, and uh, I think he's a really exciting prospect. Yeah, they have some good goal forward, I thought, as well. I think the forward pack moved, you know, Wakefield back in that second half, and it's a good sign, I think, because obviously Ian Watson's team are very forward, um, you know, built, aren't they? And if we're able to move forward like we did in that second half, we're going to cause teams problems. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent, really. It was, it was good to see Luke Burgess come off the bench. It was a good, solid bench as well, with, with Tompkins on there as well. And to have guys like Burgess coming on with all the experience he's got, We've got Moss up on the pitch there, Wella Haraki, uh, Craig Kopjack. It's a good pack of forwards, that, and, and Big Ben came on as well and did a good job. Notice how I'm calling him Ben because I'm struggling a bit with his second. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it was. It was a good showing from the forwards, and I think, you know, going after pack, I think we can match anybody's pack this season. Yeah. You know, I think we've got a pack of forwards that can, can mix it with anybody. Yeah, obviously, you know, Ian Watson was a little bit disappointed after the game, uh, but this is what he had to say. <laughs> Right, Ian Watson. It was a tough finish to that game. Exciting finish. We just didn't have the have the goal there from Gareth O'Brien. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, um, disappointing to kind of not get the result because I thought the boys deserved it. I thought we were probably the, the better team. To be fair, in the end, um, to come to Wakefield and challenge them as well after what everyone spoke about Wakefield about going to be really challenging they've been very consistent with the, the side and with the players that they've got as well so this was a big test for us to come here to Wakefield especially on the back of the second half performance against Wigan so disappointed to kind of not get the result for the boys but really pleasing in the way that we performed tonight. It was quite a slow start to the game do you think we, we came into the game as the game wore on we seemed to settle and didn't we be more composed in that second half? I think our middles from the bench did that, to be fair. I thought they really lifted us. I thought uh, Ben, um, Luke and Copper, I thought they really lifted us today. And like I say, they, they stepped forward and give us a little bit more impetus. And they were, they were very aggressive defensively coming from the inside as well, which um, obviously limited kind of their attacking options. You changed your half-backs around tonight. Uh, Jack Littlejohn played a different role from the Wigan game. How did you feel he went? He seemed to come into the game in the second half and he bossed it for us, didn't he? Yeah, I thought really well. I thought his organisational skills were really good today. I thought he helped stick us to the game plan, really, and um, consistently turned us over in the right areas, which is what we spoke about as well. Um, I think going on the back of that performance, going forward, if we can consistently do that, then we'll be very good. A lot of the pundits in the press this week, and Gary Schofield and Wakefield by 32 points tonight. Yeah. You must be pleased with that coming here. I mean, obviously you're not pleased that you've lost the game. We've outscored Wakefield three tries to two. Yeah. I think, I think you must take a lot from that. Yeah, like, like I say, somebody asked me, I'm worried about the two losses. I'm not, I'm not, because I, I know the players that we've got in our group, and I know we consistently turn that out. We're really good, and I know the players because obviously the majority of my have kind of brought in. So I trust this group and the way that they commit to each other is kind of the pleasing thing because um, they stand by what they say they don't um, they don't try and cover it up or lie to each other they make sure that what they say to each other is they try and go out there and do for, for the team as well and that's the pleasing thing so I, I know we'll be good really if we can continue to perform like that How do you go next week now? There's no game obviously with you you finishing the top 8 last season you get the week off who cares the next game up yep. how do you go now about preparing for that game? We, well, we've got two weeks we have to have a real kind of focus about us now because that's got to be kind of our platform tonight um, to come to a Wakefield team when like I say everyone's tipped them and everyone's talked them up to come here and put that performance on there show us kind of what a good team we can be so we can't drop back from that now in so, a way you could have done with the game next week and really yeah, to set that momentum into yeah it would probably been great for us to have that game really but 
it just means that we can probably channel ourselves over the next two weeks and make sure that we, we do retain that focus as well. But it, it's got to be us all together, all, all the players, all the coaching staff, all making sure that we're successful and we're doing what we've been doing about making sure we cover the detail of things and making sure that we're ready to go. And I'm sure we'll be good when we play okay. Losing Man of Batavai was a big blow. Can you see anybody coming in? Has there any, been any talk with that with the board? Oh, we, we've had a chat with the board. Um, like I say, the. It's a community run, so it's not like where there's money kind of readily available. Um, the, the beauty of when kind of Marwan was here was he had that, so he'd step forward and he'd say, um, I'll fund it. Do you um, have a lot of dialogue with the board? Are you on like uh, talking with them daily? Well, or? Generally, go, go through um, Ian Bleas at the moment, so I'll speak to Ian and then he'll pass forward kind of the. We did have a meeting last week where I said we do need to really replace Manu, so they're looking into that to see if they can. Um, open some funds up, whether that's generating more money to come in, or whether that's um, finding money um, to to create that bit more competition in places for our outside backs. Because we were already one shot at the beginning of the season, we'd already spoke about that. Um, but we we, we, do, we do need another one in there um, just to give that genuine competition for places like what we've got in our middles. So despite a loss tonight, you can take some positives out of that. Can the players are the players positive about tonight? They're not too downbeat, are they? Yeah, I think they I think they know they've put in a good performance there. Um, talking to them after the game, they know. But at the same time, they know that that just can't be it. They can't just give that one performance here at Wakefield and then not back it up um, when we play OKR in two weeks. Well, good luck over the next two weeks, Ian. And I'll catch you at the OKR game. Thanks for speaking to me. Cheers, Bob. Cheers. So that was Ian Watson uh, looking back at the Wakefield game, and obviously, you know, defeated Paul, but you know, he, he was happy the direction the team was going. Yeah, he certainly was. He was very upbeat in the press conference after the game. He wasn't too disappointed with it. He seemed uh, really positive, and it, you know, speaking to him, he wanted us to play OKR this weekend, didn't he? he? Didn't really want that week off. You know, he felt like they made made good progress from from the Wigan game and. You know, when you when you're making that progress, you just want to keep playing, don't you? Week in, week out. But hopefully the the week, well, the two weeks rest will have done the players good. You know, a bit of recovery time and uh, and then go again against Hulking Rovers, who had a good win on Thursday night this weekend's Catland Dragons. They they won at home, so they're going to be uh, they're going to be confident. And I thought they they did very well against Leeds Rhinos as well in the, in the game the week before that. So they've had two two decent performances. So they'll be coming to, to solve with a bit of confidence as well. Yeah, obviously looking at the stats, Paul. Uh, the top tacklers, uh, we've got Lamatazzi with 25, Wellaraki with 29, uh, Craig Cockjack with 27, um, Logan Tompkins with 26, Tyrone McCarthy with 42. Uh, you know, Tyrone McCarthy got a shift in there. Tyrone McCarthy was my man of the match, Rob. I thought he was excellent, absolutely excellent. He's not the biggest bloke in the world, he's really not, but he's a player who punches above his weight, I think, every week. And the guy that sort of goes unnoticed, but I, I kept a special eye on him. And, and he does, he, he really does graft. He, like I said, he's not the biggest of blokes, he's not the bloke that's going to charge through, but sometimes he, he gets absolutely clattered, but he gets straight up, he puts the tackling in, and uh, he's a clever player as well, he's a good ball handler as well, and he's, he's got a bit about him. And uh, I've been very impressed with Tyrone, and very impressed with his attitude as well, he seems a, a top guy. I was also very impressed with Kerry Kopjack on Friday night, I thought that was one of Craig's better games, one of the best he's played for a while, he really did storm the ball in, and as I said before, all the middles played well, but Mossop, we looked really strong in that in that department in the field. Yeah, Lee Mossop with 38 tackles as well, big effort there from him. Um, Meter makers, uh, Joshua Jones with 103, Lamantazzi with 125, um, Ben Nukumbawai 89, Luke Burgess 81, um, you know, big meters there. 
yeah, as we said, as we keep saying it, the, the pack was good. The pack um, stood up to Wakefield's pack, and you look at Wakefield, they're, they're a big side there, you know, Pauly Pauly, the new signing that came in, David Fafita, uh, Anthony England, they've got some good forwards there, Danny Kerwan, they are a really solid, really tough pack of forwards, and, you know, we didn't lie down, we didn't let them steamroll us, because they, they steamrolled a lot of teams last season, but then they put 62 points on Wigan last season at Bell, so it was always going to be a tough night, and we matched them every step of the way. Yeah, big thanks to everyone who did the three-word match reports and man of the matches. Um, we'll read them all out. We'll put them on both Facebook and Twitter this week. Um, Tracy, um, he said, damn, hard luck. And her man of the match was uh, Junior South. Uh, Richard uh, is not from three. His man of the match was Junior South. Uh, Chairman Bob, uh, his man of the match was Josh, jo uh, Josh Wood. Uh, Martin, man in touch. Uh, their first try and his man of the match was Weller Do you think that first try was in, was in touch, Bob? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was in the build-up. Yeah. I'm sure it was in the build-up to the try. A couple of plays before. I watched it back the other day, and yeah, he looked. He looked well in touch, and it made me laugh really because the Sky sort of commentator sort of um, said, "Yeah, he was in touch, but these things happen." And I thought, yeah, if it had been Leeds or Wigan or something, it would have been else to pay. What they said, oh, what are they doing here? They've got video replays, but. It's just one of You can't do anything about it, can you? you just got to take it on the chin, and you know it's disappointing sometimes and frustrating, but. What can you do? Yeah. Uh, Chairman Bob's three-word match report was poor disciplines. Cost. Did you think, obviously, you know, it's a fine line in between aggression and, you know, giving penalties away. And, you know, sometimes we cross that line, don't we? Yeah, I thought we'd give some dumb penalties away. When I watched the game back, uh, we did. We gave some silly ones for holding down. Uh, looking back at the game, though, Wakefield... They seem to do it right. They really slowed us down. I'm not being negative to Wakefield because they're a well-drilled side, but I thought they slowed slowed us, us down at the rook. They held on. They held on just long enough. They turned us on our backs as well. And yeah, that's good coaching from Chris Chester. He didn't want us to get get a quick play of the ball, and they probably watched Josh Wood in the opening rounds of the season. Thought he's a zippy player. We'll, we'll slow him down. And Logan Tompkins to a certain extent. I thought Logan really pepped us up when he came on, but Wakefield. They did a job on us in, in that department, but we did give away some, some soft penalties as well, and that would be something that Ian Watson will want to cut out, because discipline is very important. You keep giving teams cheap penalties, a cheap field position, you're not going to win many games. Yeah. Um, Roy Ellaby, um Squarid, oh, Squarthy Bleeding Wakefield. Uh, his man of the match was uh, Lewis. Squarthy, Squarthy Bleeding Wakefield. Yeah. Uh, Barry Jones. Um, I've, heard, I've heard Roy say that one before. <laughs> Uh, Barry Jones, game two halves. His man of the match was uh, Josh Wood. Uh, Chris Young, um, he said that our, our, our bench was immense, uh, which it was. I thought, thought you know, we they gave it was, it was a good bench. It was, and they did well when they came on. Yeah, it was it when we when me and you saw the team sheet, we said, wow, that's that's a good bench. That for us, good strong bench, powerful bench. And with Logan Tompkins back in the side as well, it was it was. Uh, and they all did a job. They all came on and did a good job. Um, Nicholas Fletcher forward stood tall and he gave the forwards the man of the matches Neil Hull needs someone to kick the goals um, Val Bowman didn't go wide didn't go very wide uh, Tom Pickett uh, kicking game not so good uh, I thought the game was alright second half Second half was a bit was a bit shaky for me in the first half we just lacked that bit of creativity at half back didn't we and uh, you know, little John Perhaps he's he's still finding his way in the side, isn't he, as well? And he's going to take time, Rob, to, to gel. He's a new player and he's coming into new systems. You've got Gareth O'Brien in there as well. He went back to full back. I think Ian Watson's still just trying to get his uh, get his pivots right. And what 
combination he wants at half back and who he wants at full back. There's a few things there, a few conundrums as we call them, that, that he's got to get right. And, and yeah, he, play, he takes time, doesn't it? And he was a definite improvement on that weekend game. And if we can improve again on against OKR, we could be in for a good win. Yeah, um, and the final one, Mike Clegg, uh, much improved performance, and his man the match was Mossop. But like uh, Mike said there, you know, I thought it was better than winning game and moving in the right direction. Yeah, we certainly are. And let's give Wakefield credit as well. They're a good side. And they've got a good pair of half-backs, good pack of forwards. Very well-balanced side, Wakefield. And I think that's that's one thing that won them the game for me. They were just that bit more balanced, a bit more composed. Uh, but we outscored them three tries to two. So that tells you something. We, we played pretty well, Rob. We, we created some chances in that second half. I think just that, that first half of me, you just give them that edge. And obviously, give them the, the points in the bag to, to, to win the game. I think if we could have matched them in that first half, perhaps got a, got a try or two on the board, I think we'd have won that game comfortably. Who was your uh, man of the match? Tyrone McCarthy. I thought Tyrone McCarthy was excellent. I thought there was a few excellent performances, like some of the listeners said there with their three wheel batch reports. They, they all said the same thing, didn't they? The forwards, forwards stood up and was really tall. And I think you could have given it to any one of the forwards, really. I thought they were excellent. Not that I'm taking anything away from the backs. I think there needs to be improvement there. Rob, we've said it. A lot of listeners have said it. A lot of supporters I've spoken to have said it. We're a bit, we're a bit slow out wide. We're lacking a bit of pace. Uh, that's something we need to work on. We've got guys there, you know, like I said, Darrell Holford, who are waiting in the wings to come in. I'm sure Ian Watson's going to freshen that. But forwards for me were excellent. They stood up really well. And I, and I just thought Tyrell McCarthy had an excellent all-round game. Yeah, I'm going for Ben Neckenbawai. I thought he was immense. No, big goal for Yeah, I'll give you that one. I thought, yeah, I thought he was good. He was good. He he, he improved. He, he looked to me in the friendly games a bit. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I think he's just took him a bit of time to settle in. He's, he's a young kid. He's only 20, 21. He's come from the other side of the world, hasn't he? It must be a massive step coming over to England. And he's, he's, he told us that he brought his girlfriend over with him now. So that's going to make him happier going over to his girlfriend. You know, after training and having a, having having somebody over here to, to share his life with and his experience. So. I think he's. He seems he's got an excellent attitude. Young player. He could be in one of the finds of, of the season. Yeah, one to watch for me. One to watch. I think obviously he's a big lad as well, and a lot of a lot of uh, hard work. Uh, Twelve carries, made eighty-nine meters, average seven meters a yeah. game, seven yeah. meters a carry. You know what I mean? He's, he was immense, I thought, on uh, yeah. Friday. So for such a big bloke as well, Robert. I think I mentioned it before about his footwork. Mm. Daniel Murray's very much in that sort of mold. He's a big prop forward, but he's light on his feet in, in the modern day game now I think that, that helps because you want to, you want to land on your front you want to land quick you want to get up quick quick play the ball and you've got guys like Josh Wood Chris Browning Logan Tompkins who do that sort of work on the back of that and Ben Ben Naku, Nakabu Nakabu sorry sorry Ben Ben Nakabu is, is that sort of player and, and I, I've been um, you know there's, there's more to a prop forward than just a guy carting a ball up in there there's a lot more to it. You've got on your offload. You've got a land quick, like I said before. You've got the good on your feet, and I think he's got all the attributes to be a, be a really good player. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, so for defeat against Wakefield, but uh, you know, going the right direction, and hopefully, you know, against OKR on the uh, next Friday, we'll get the secure two points and kickstart our season. So, next up on this podcast, we've got Paul's.
Well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report, and I shall start this week by looking at Student Rugby League. Salford had a good win in the Northern Conference Cup on Wednesday, the 7th of February. They beat UCLan by 40 points to 18. There was a no result between Liverpool, John Moores, and Manchester Met. The fixtures for this week are on Wednesday, the 14th of February. In the Northern Conference Cup, it's Sheffield Hallam University against Manchester, Leeds Trinity against Salford. And we've also got one fixture in the BUCS Trophy. That's between Leeds Becky A and Manchester Met. In College Rugby League on Wednesday, there's one fixture in the Premier League. That's between Wakefield and Hotwood All College. It was Challenge Cup Round 2 on Saturday, the 10th of February. I've got all the results for you here. It was Askham 16, West Hull 4. Batley Boys beat the Royal Air Force after extra time there, 13 points to 12. That game was locked at 0-0 at half-time, so a tremendous match there. Batley Boys just sneaking through. The British Army beat London Chargers by 26 points to 14. Distington of Cumbria beat Lock Lane by 12 points to 4. Featherstone Lions 18, Thato Heath Crusaders 6. Hunslet Club Parkside 24, Wathrow Harnett 6. Kel 8, Oral St James 6 Millam 24, Bradford Dudley Hill 12, Alton Raiders 24 Shawcross Sharks 10, Pilkington Rex 16, Thornhill Trojans 0 Mayfield 4, Normanton Knights 8 and the University of Hull 18, Might and Warriors 22 The draw for the third round of the Cup will take place on Tuesday the 13th of February, in this round, the 14 Betfred League One clubs will enter the competition. Yeah, 13th of February, that's Tuesday, and it will be screened live on the BBC Sports website from 7pm. Teams will not be seeded in the draw, which will be conducted by England and St. Helens prop Alex Wormsley, who is a product of Dewsbury Celtic, and Leeds Met and Salford Red Devils hooker Chris Brining. So we'll be able to say Chris Brining there doing that draw. So hopefully there were some big ties coming out for the third round. Well, we've got some results from the National Cup. These games were played on Saturday. In round two, it was Eastern Rhinos nil, Seaton Rangers 14, Thattle Heathrow Saders 30, West Bank 24, Queensbury nil, Haydock 22, Oldham St Anne's 14, East Leeds 28. The fixtures for this Saturday in the National Cup, Saturday the 17th of February. In round two, it's West Hull against Charleston Rovers, and the quarterfinals, Ovenden against East Leeds, Thattle Heathrow Saders against Seaton Rangers, and on the 24th of February, the quarterfinals will be Thornhill Trojans versus West Hull or Charleston Rovers, and the 3rd of March, the other quarterfinal will be Haydock against Wigan St Cuthbert's. And finally this week we've got some excellent news from the Salford Red De Devils Education Academy under 16s. They beat Lee St Jones by 68 points to 10. Another fantastic win there for Danny Barton and the boys. The team lined up was Connor Lord, Will Williams, Roberts, Daniel Stone, Connor Aspey, Morgan Kelly, Callum Hughes, Tumi Anasanya, Austin Downham, James McKenna, Joshua Henry, Joe Lawler, Lewis Samut, Peter Adinu. Thomas Melling and Alex Speakman and Ben Gore. The try scorers, Ben Gore got one, Alex Speakman, Connor Aspie got two, Morgan Kelly got two, Connie Williams got two, and Joshua Stafford and Keir Roberts got one apiece as well. So fantastic result for, for the Young Devils Education Academy, and we'll keep you posted on their next fixture as soon as we get the score. So that's it from me. I shall see you soon. <laughs> so that's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast, Paul. Quick show this one. Yeah, just a quick pop up this week. We'll be back next week. What we've um, all the previews for the whole PR game. Big game for us uh, next week, Rabbits. Uh, it's, I don't like saying must must win games, but this this has a feel about a, a really big one to me. What do you think? Yeah, obviously you know we need to start winning, don't you? And obviously home games are important, and 
you know, making the AJ, AJ Bella Fortress is, is number one priority for me. And, you know, people on the outside of our Soul Red Devils will, will be looking, you know, at that fixture list. And if we aren't picking up points, then they'll start getting a bit twitchy, won't they? But I'm sure with, you know, the players we've got and Ian Watson in charge, you know, we're going to be picking up points shortly and moving up that league. Certainly, yeah. Really looking forward to Friday night, mate. It's, uh, it's always um, a funny one when there's no game at the weekend, but I've managed to catch quite a bit of the rugby league that's around the telly this weekend, especially with the games down under, so I've enjoyed them. I watched the Warrington and Widness game last night, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I've still got the World Club Challenge to watch. I've not watched that yet. I believe Leeds were, were, well, were well beaten yesterday, but I'll have a watch of that as well to keep me going until uh, the live game on Friday. Yeah, big thanks for Red Devils TV for letting us use the audio. A bit weird this week, Paul. We were kind of like in a little room by ourselves, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, we was, yeah, yeah on um, at the game. Yeah. The common, yeah, we were in there like a press box behind glass, but to be honest with you, it was, it was cold on <laughs> Friday night in Wakefield, so uh, it was quite sheltered in there, and there was some, uh, some lovely members of the press handing sweets out, what that we got? Yeah. Well, you couldn't have any because you was commentating, but I was chewing on some uh, uh, toffee sweets, uh, so it was a good night, I enjoyed it, fully enjoyed it. Shame, shame about the result, but another excellent away, away day. Yeah, big thanks to, to change this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Day. Live Radio Contact.